Welcome to our new podcast, Deep Dive, where over the next few weeks, we will be talking all things business, but deep diving into the new book by Stephen Bartlett, 33 Laws of Business and Life, with myself, Sean Horn, and the fabulous Pamela Walsh. Hello, and welcome to the Deep Dive podcast. How are you, Shan? How's your week been? I'm great, actually. Um, I've had a a really, really busy week, had some great meetings. Um, I loved last week, to be honest, because lots of people went back to work. I think we spoke about that. So I really felt like I'm, I'm moving into January 2024 at the pace that I wanted to, which is amazing. Um, because I certainly, uh, reflecting on last year, I, I didn't do myself justice. Um, in fact, I was speaking to my husband last night and I was like, oh, I think I might. And then I went, no, just stop me. I was like, oh, I've got some spare time on Wednesday night. Maybe I'll join a choir. <laughs> Maybe I'll do oh, this. And I'm like, actually, no. Even if it's for the first three or four months of the year, I'm just not committing to anything because my my brain and my body really need some time. Oh, I have literally an email from UCD Acad- Professional Academy. It's- Pamela, just following up on that course you inquired about, my friend was like, no, do not do it. Don't do it. It's like my body doesn't know how to not be under pressure. So I try to find things to busy myself with. But my 2024 isn't going to start until February. I've decided I'm going on holidays in a week and a half. And I'm like, no, I'm just easing into it now. And then I will, I'll kick off fully in February. That just still working, but for my own stuff. Planning. Absolutely. And I just think, yeah, I'm not overloading this year. I'm I, I just, I've put being above my desk. It is there in front of me. And I just got to remember every week being, just be, Sean. Stop trying to reinvent yourself every week. Like, um, and yeah, a few more no's, but look, we, we know what the no's bring us. Do you know what I'm seeing though? Like I've seen a lot of it online. Um, I actually had a call with a couple of people this week and the project that I may be potentially working on in the next couple of months, descaling people just scaling back. Yeah. Um, and I, I think, well, in Ireland anyway, it's like their new legislation has gone through now for employees. Sick pay now has gone to five days, mandatory. You have to have a pension available you don't have to pay into a pension for people but you have to do the administration and give them access to a pension fund hiring now has just all these extra implications and every year there seems i know i think it is great for employees and for you know for bigger companies who can afford it to take that good care of their their employees but when you're like a one or two man band and you've one or two employees and you know your margins are tight that stuff hurts you know oh it's a killer it's an absolute yeah. Uh, you, we're seeing small businesses fall to their feet. And unfortunately, and it is unfortunate, um, I mean, the sick pay situation, I believe everybody should get sick pay. Do I think yeah. small businesses should have to incur the costs? They can't afford it. They can't. No, they really can't. Lots of people, unfortunately, utilise that sick. I mean, I worked for a large corporate when I first moved to Ireland. And I can tell you now... Out of 130 staff that we had, 10% of them used every day of their sick. Oh, they always do. Yeah, we paid sick and they used every single day. I I remember having conversations like that now in big corporate companies. It wouldn't even have to be too big. Um, And it would be, oh, you have 20 days holidays, but then you have your 10 sick days as well, you know. 
I remember, like when I was pregnant, I was working for a company while I was pregnant. I I literally <laughs> finished work on Friday, had my boot, like waters broke on the Monday. Didn't I know that's nothing to brag about either. I was the other extreme. My head would need to be falling off before I would take a sick day. But like people did just incorporate it into their holidays. And that was your that, entitlement. No, that's nothing to brag about. When you work for yourself, that's what happens. It is, yes. You have no choice. You do wait till your waters break and then you're back three weeks after the baby. You have no choice. I know. You know, and a lot of people say to me, oh, I work for this company. You know, they don't pay maternity. They don't pay this. I, I, they're really out of order. They're not doing that because, they, because they're mean. They're doing that because they physically can't afford it in the business. Um, but yeah, no, I think it's really sad. I mean, pensions have always been available for the last, you know, eight, nine years. We've had, oh, actually probably longer than that. I know I always had to provide a pension since 2008. So we've always had to have that in situ. Um, but the sick pay for small businesses is an absolute nightmare. I think it will change a lot of structure for businesses. Mm-hmm. My my small business is already in that structure, actually. We have three businesses that run their businesses within that business. So we don't really have any staff wages. Everybody works for themselves and they run their own business um, and they're contracted to us for, God, 5% of their income. So um, that's another thing that people need to be really careful of, though, and really aware of. If someone is working for you as a contractor, but more than 50% of their income comes from you, really they should be an employee. You can get in trouble for that. So really be aware of that. You can't just suddenly make everybody contractors. If they earn the, the majority of their money from your business, they are an employee legally anyway. So just be aware of that. It, it's not yeah. that simple. Because I, I come across this as well. You know, if we've had to like navigate that in some, some of my work. But also, if they have no say in where or when and how they work, then they're an employee, you know, yeah. because I have like, I would have like one very large client that would take up, would fund an awful lot of my revenue. But I work where I want, when I want, how I want. They have no say over that and the hours that I do. So it's like a large retainer contract. But if I have to get other projects on and other clients in, or I basically am an employee in the eyes of the law otherwise, you know. The law states if your income is more than 50% in one place, you are legally an employee. Yeah. That's the law. So like it's not about how many hours so like if you worked 30 hours somewhere but it was 30 percent of your income that's grand but it that's what it states so just just people just need to be aware of that i think but um do you know what i don't need to worry about that i'm a solopreneur most of the time so it's lovely <laughs> but i think it will we will be moving definitely to more down the, the route of contract work because I think, I think it's so. way more appealing for small business owners to just work with contractors now. Yeah, and project work, you know, I think, um, which which is a difficult one, I think, for people. You know, I, I do take people on on projects all the time. Um, I think it's a really good way to test the waters with people, see how you work with people. Yeah. Um, so, for instance, I've got a new uh, person starting with me this week on one project, um, and it will take about three weeks. But if it works well there's potential for more projects after that. And potentially I could give her a few hours every week. Do you know what I mean? But um, I think project work is a really nice way to get comfortable with people and see if long-term that's what works for you. 
So oh, yeah, definitely. I would never sign up to like a long term retainer without working for somebody for like that on a shorter period of time. Like typically, like what I would probably do now with this client coming in, I'll do a business audit just to look at what's going on, give recommendations about what changes I think need to be made. And then I could do like a project to make each change or do long-term advisory or something like that. But I would never sign up because you don't know, you have to get a feel for a person. You don't want to yeah. get locked into a person without knowing them and fully vetting them, you know. It's weird, actually. On the other side of the fence, um, in my other role as sort of, I, I don't know, um, on social media with sort of the influencer work that I do, uh, a few companies, it's the beginning of the year, so a few people, companies are trying to tie me down to uh, like a loyalty package and ambassadorship with them. And I'm trying to explain to them if they want a project, it's obviously more expensive than if they wanted me to work with them for six, 12 months, because loyalty works both ways. Mm-hmm. I, I happily like charge people so much less if I if I know I've got a regular income coming in over a 12 month period. And obviously, when you work for a company over a long period of time, you really understand the company and and their ethos and everything else. When you're doing a project, you just put in something out. It's a very short term investment. So mm-hmm. so so it can be more expensive. So if small businesses are thinking about using people uh, to market their business, do think about that as well. I think um, the world of short projects in that field might change actually over time with all the no- new laws that have come in. Um, and actually, talking of new laws, all the fabulous laws that are coming in in February on social media to protect children, I'm absolutely delighted about. Um, it doesn't take the onus off the parent mm-hmm. to protect them. But it's certainly going to make life a little bit easier uh, with them having some responsibility of what children see. Oh, I, I don't know the detail of those laws. I'll definitely have to like get them out of you. But they, yeah, I think that's I like there's always an onus on parents. You have to police it. Like you yeah. can't just expect the world to protect your child. You know, yes, there has to be legislation in place and protections in place. But you are the parent. You know, you control the device in their hands. You have to you know, you you have to learn technology and there's so much out there that you can put on devices that will lock things down and prevent access to things. And I think we can't just take a backseat and hope that they're not going to be taken advantage of. You have to proactively, you know, sort out, like police it yourself. It has to be done from home. And I was thinking devices because actually um, if we move into our laws, um, number eight devices are quite it's one of my bad habits so let's talk about um law number eight okay let me read it so (laughs) never fight a bad habit if you want to overcome a habit never fight against it work with your habit loop and use positive action to replace it do not take on more than one bad habit at once the more you try and change the less your chances of changing anything while you're creating your new habit, make sure you take care of yourself and get as much sleep as you can. So I've got I've got a couple of bad habits, and I'm not going to tell just everybody. A couple, just a couple. <laughs> yeah, literally just a couple. Actually, the rest of them are all good for my soul. Um, but um, my worst habit at the moment is the phone, um, yeah, and it, and it is bad. Now, obviously, I work on my phone, um, and it's not just my work. You know, I run four other platforms for other people, so I'm on the phone a lot. However, 
I have got into a really bad habit of it being the last thing that I see before I fall asleep and the first thing that I see when I wake up. And pre-COVID, I used to leave it out of my room all the time. So when I was thinking about bad habits, and I know we're always giving people a little challenge, that's my challenge for me this week, Pam, is to get the phone back out of my bedroom. But even just look at your screen time, because look, I, I'm 100% and the same. I have, I'm the same. I have started when I get into bed at night. I'm still, because, and he talks about it as well in the, the chapter, is to when you're trying to break a habit, don't take from it, add to it. So that's what I definitely try to do with things. So I know I'm still going to go on my phone at night because it's so addictive and I have a problem. When I get into bed, I'll go on my phone, but I have to read a couple of pages of a book before I go to sleep. And I feel like that just is a little break and it switches me off. So I've added, I have to read a book before I go to sleep. But I know myself, if I look at my screen time, it's horrifying. And I can bullshit myself and say, oh, well, it's all for work, but it's not. It's not all for work. I'm doom scrolling as well. Like I'm looking at cats on the internet at two in the morning. Like, Oh, yeah. No, to be honest, my Instagram is mostly work and it really is. TikTok, though, I don't use TikTok and I'm, I, I, am, I am the worst TikTok scroller in the world. And, it's even, and I, I'm getting absolutely nothing. For, I mean, that's exactly clear. I'm looking at cats or something. I'm not learning anything. I'm not looking at the people that are giving me information. I'm just looking at like backwards somersaulting cats. I was that one day, like, you know, when you catch yourself and you're like, are you actually serious? Like sat on my bed watching some woman clean her house. Do you know what? Like I'm always watching other people take care of their own lives. You're like, what are you doing? Like, it's not for inspiration. I'm just like, it's oh, that's what a real adult looks like. I found myself as well doing that thing of, you know, you just watch this one. So it'd be like, John, are you the parent of this person? And then I'm like, oh, no, I have to watch the next episode now. And I'm, I mean, ridiculous, ridiculous. I, I mean, I, I spent my 20s watching that crap American TV. I thought I was over it, but I, I it TikTok just sucks me back in. So for me, anyway, that's my bad habit. And the one thing I'm going to try and change. So I have to replace it. So I'm going to replace I'll. I'll, I have to, I don't read, as you know, um, but I, I'm going to watch Emma Dale to go to sleep. So I'll put yeah. the pad in. I haven't got social media on my iPad. So I'll put the pad in and I'll go to sleep to that. And I'm going to leave my phone outside the, the bedroom door and I'm going to leave the alarm on. So also as well, when the alarm goes off in the morning, I have to get out of my bed to walk and to turn it off. So I've that's that what already, I'm yeah. going to do this week. What is your bad habit? Mine is, oh, without a doubt, it's phone. Like, yeah. because if, and now I know a lot of it, like my screen time, I'm not going to look at it now because I know it's horrendous. It's too early in the year to talk myself. But it's, and a lot of it is like two minutes here, or five minutes there. It builds up throughout the day. But like once, see, I have this predicament and I was telling you a while ago, like Shay's sleep is horrendous at the moment, but she's not really well. We're getting her tested. We think she's celiac. So I'm like, you know, she wakes up between, it could be any time, it could be two o'clock, it could be four o'clock, it could be five o'clock, and she will just come straight into our room, straight into my bed and lie on top of me and go back to sleep at some point. But so my sleep isn't great. So ideally, you'd go to bed earlier to get a little bit of extra sleep before she comes in. But she'll go to bed, like I'll work, collect her from crash, come home, the crazy evening routine of like dinner, spending time with her because I've been working all day 
like getting her to bed, bedtime story. Like I'll get down the stairs at about quarter past eight every night. And then I'm just like, I can't, I can't just go to bed. I crave that alone time, that doom scrolling, that just disassociation to just sit there and not do anything. And if I go for a walk in the evening, that's another half an hour gone out of my evening. So I'm like, I'm not getting to bed until like half 10, 11 o'clock every night. But I still, my brain is just wired. I can't get to sleep. So I, I'm probably awake until 12 o'clock every night and she's into me at four o'clock in the morning. So my sleep is horrendous. But I know if I can get rid of that scrolling, it will help. But I, I just, I need it. I need something. I need something that fills my dopamine to replace it. Yeah. I mean, the, what you just described to me, is what every single friend I have describes to me. So the one thing I am going to say is don't panic. It's normal. Yeah. Um, the second thing I would say is, yes, like, look, we can function on four hours sleep. Once that baby is growing, you will hit perimenopause, you'll hit menopause, and you will only sleep for four hours anyway. So don't panic. Unfortunately, <laughs> your sleep pattern is never going to change. However, you can introduce other things. And I'm not mucking about here now. You know, I spoke, we spoke earlier and I said, you know, I have a friend that the, the child is doing exactly that. She now starts work at 11. She drops the kid to school. She comes home. She has an hour of listening to Headspace on her uh, phone or whatever and falls asleep for that hour. And it just gives her enough energy to go through. I also, in my cycle, I certainly get to a point in the month where I have to have an afternoon nap. And I schedule it in. Um, and so that might be something that you could do before you go and pick her up. Now, an afternoon nap is 20 minutes. Yeah. That's, yeah. Chinese medicine says if you can have that between two and four, it's really, really beneficial to your body. Um, and I used to joke about naps, but oh, my God, um, I, I sometimes I really do need them. And um, last week was actually that week for me. Um, and so three days, I had to schedule that time in, and I did it every day. And not I great felt for naps. no, no, it's not. It's not that you're not great for naps. You don't give yourself. No, it's not about having a nap. It's about lying on your bed, putting your feet up for thirty minutes, putting headspace or some white noise on your headphones, and you might not nap, but you'll be still. Okay. And over time, I honestly believe me now, over because I could never nap, never in a million years until maybe my mid 40s. But I used to, I went to Chinese, the, the same lady actually, and she used to make me just lie down, white noise, feet up at 3 p.m. for 20 minutes. Over time, I have trained myself to be able to relax enough to fall asleep. Okay. And I only get 10 minutes, but that 10 minutes is worth three hours to me um so but doesn't not does it not affect you falling asleep at night then not at all because i'm i'm very bad for getting i don't know yeah. is it the adhd or what is it my age but definitely a couple of those like three or four days before my cycle every month yeah i am and and that's where i am now like i, I could be waking at two in the morning like and that's why it doesn't affect your night's sleep because you're not getting any sleep <laughs> You're gonna be you understand anyway. what I'm saying? Like, yeah, and yeah. you know, on on bad nights um, with menopause, I might get four hours. Um, so it's not affecting that at all. I go to bed every night at nine, half nine, and I probably don't fall asleep till eleven. And I, you know, I, I mean, I get good sleep. 
but it doesn't affect your sleep whatsoever, especially when you're not getting any. Yeah, but sleep is the basis for it, just everything. Because I know actually Stephen Bartlett's most recent one, like a recent podcast in the last couple of weeks, has come out um, one of the, I think she's like the performance VP or something of yeah. Whoop. And talking about like, if you're awake for two hours between 10 p.m. and 4 a.m., you are considered a shift worker. Like you're in that category and you're at risk of like all these like different, you know, ailments and problems long term. I'm like, I'm totally, that's 100% I'm in there. And I've been in there since I had it. But every parent is in that category, you know. Well, actually, a lot of parents aren't because a lot of parents actually, the 10 to 2, they're actually, that's when they get their sleep because the babies wake between three and five. No, it's 10 to four. Yeah, but it's not. Well, uh, as an oxygen advantage, breath work teacher, <laughs> the, the most important five hours is that is that, loop, that 10, 10 to three, right? Most, that's why you find like a lot of three-year-olds wake at three o'clock. It's bizarre to me. But like when I say to people, what time does your kid wake? What time do they come in? Like, I always hear three o'clock. Your cortisol, no, it's because at three o'clock, your cortisol level is a cortisol, yes, yeah, st- starts to, r- yes. to rise naturally. So if you have high cortisol anyway, stress, your it, it just rises from a, a much higher baseline. So it yes, wakes absolutely. you up faster. So the positive side of that is you can get your sleep at the most important time for you to get your sleep. Because when I did, right. actually, when I did Oxygen Advantage, People were saying, what, could we not do 12 till 5? Could we not do 11 till... And he was like, no, it's these hours. It's important. And that's back to lots of other woo-woo and the moon and everything else. But really, really important. So, so look, will you try that for me this week? If I leave my phone, if that's what I try and do this week, I leave my phone out of the bedroom, see how I get on, would you try and take 20 minutes even if it's three days this week uh, around, you know, before you go and pick up your daughter and just lie in the bed with some white noise or I don't care, whatever works, the podcast, but you are not to move. Your legs must be higher than your hips. Okay. Legs higher than my hips. So stick a cushion, oh, okay. your, you know, your calves and just relax. And you can be listening to something. You can be listening to nothing, but just take 20 minutes for you um and and if you fall asleep great and if you don't don't worry about it we'll talk about it next week yeah no I will I will try that like but another thing of like have you built habits like how do you build new habits because I I've noticed what I what I have so I've no problem like I I can be really really great for willpower and I can just be like I'm going to do this and I like for like we'll say I'm celiac of lots of food intolerances if I'm like okay I took dairy out of my diet for a solid year. Didn't have cheese or chocolate for a year. Slowly reintroduced it. I'm going to have to get rid of it again. Gluten is gone because I'm celiac, but I'm very, I can, I can be really, really strict with things. But do you but think what that's I've, a habit? I don't think that's a habit. No, because I, I was kind of looking at it last night. What And I, I can do like from a work perspective as well. I can be really, really good for things. But what I've noticed about myself is if I see an immediate reward... I'm all about it and it will be a habit and it will happen straight away. Like I sit down every Sunday morning now without fail. I will sit down. I will write out my list for the week, what I need to get done, the bare minimums. I will 
separate them out into Monday to Friday and I like writing for it on a Sunday morning. I started doing that about six months ago and I saw a huge difference to my just my overwhelm and my stress in the week. So I do that every single Sunday because I saw an immediate reaction to it. But if I, I'm not great. Can I ask what the reaction was? For me, it was just um, like an accountability because I had my list every day. I would wake up in the morning and I would look at, right, what are the bare minimum that I need to get? I wouldn't, I wouldn't overwhelm it. Okay, but like, what, was the, what, was, what was the reward? Did it make you feel a certain way? Yeah, I felt like I was in control. And that was immediate. That happened the first week you did it, immediate gratification. It made you feel more in control. Within the first week, yeah. Yeah, so there is your answer. That's what How I need build, from a habit. Yeah. How yeah. do you build a habit? It has to make you feel a certain way. Mm-hmm. So I'm, you know, we can all build habits, but you've got to be realistic. So for instance, I will say to someone, you know, I'm building the habits, I'm back off the sugar. I have to be realistic with how that's going to make me feel. And it's going to take 30 days for me to feel amazing. So I have my little tick my days off after about, well, after about six days, I feel pretty fabulous. But after 30 days, I feel amazing. So there's my reward. It's easy. It's easier for me to build that habit because of the feeling that I get from it, that gratification. Mm-hmm. But it's also realistic. It's like starting to take a, a new supplement. You have to be realistic. It doesn't take two days to go into your bloodstream. So, so that what you did in that habit, it was instant which is great. But sometimes I think people need to understand with creating a habit, sometimes it takes a little longer to get into the flow. It does. And what I've noticed as well is if it's something that takes longer, if if it takes more than four weeks, when I get into that three days before my cycle starts, my willpower isn't great in those three days. If I can get over that week, I can keep the habit but if I like, that's where my habits get really risky to like, oh, we're not going to do that. I'm not going to get up and go for a walk every day anymore. My exercise can go out the window for those three days because I feel like, oh, I didn't do it now the last three days. That habit is gone now. You know, I've, I, I haven't been consistent, but I think that's, that's always my danger zone. And I think as women, you need to be very conscious of that when you are trying to build habits, that there's a few days there every single month that you're going to be at risk of breaking that habit. And if you can just get past those couple of days, it will feel a little bit easier again. Absolutely. Amazing. I'm going to have a think. I don't really like creating new habits. They're to me, it's kind of that, that time of the year, resolutions and everything. I just don't do them. However, I'm going to have a little think if, if I've done any um, and we can have a chat about it next week. But um, okay, I'm going to do the phone. You're going to try and relax for 20 <laughs> <Try>. minutes. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's the whole thing, isn't it? You're going to be creating a new habit. However, this is one that may not be instantly gratificational. Uh, gratification yeah. is that word? Uh, gratifying. So just be aware of that. But even if you can just do it and start to get into a habit mm-hmm. of doing it, I think you're going to see um, a nice change. So we'd love to know if you are going to try anything, any bad habits you might have. Um, It'd be lovely to know uh, from other people if they've got anything that they're trying to stop and if we could help them with them. Yeah, definitely let us know. We want to compare what bad habits we're all trying to break. (laughs) I know. We've all got, yeah, maybe one day I'll tell you about the rest of them. Anyway, listen, (laughs) thanks so much. And I shall speak to you next week. Bye. Take care, babes. 
music used for the opening and closing of this podcast is titled Pleasant Porridge by Kevin McLeod. Incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0. www.creativecommons.org forward slash licenses forward slash by forward slash 4.0. Thank you.